turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hello there. And welcome to Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. Well, on today's show, you know him, you love him. He's back at it again, Mark Anthony Austin. We're clear for takeoff. Go to markanthonyaustin.com and find out about his pre and post viz specialties. He's also a director, a cinematographer, and believe it or not, he's done a little project you may have heard of called Star Wars, A New Hope Special Edition, where he plays a very small part called Boba Fett. No one really knows too much about Boba Fett, but I have a feeling he's going to catch on and you know maybe become quite the sensation all joking aside he's back at it and welcome to the show mark hello there it's great to be back it's great to be back and we have got so much to talk about this show so uh i'm um, i'm i'm good i uh, everything's good with me i hope everything's good with you um busy as hell we're coming to the end of a project which i can maybe talk about later but uh yeah on the whole everything's a good friday today it's good to be uh, here on the show talking with you, and I'm glad you're in good spirits, good health. You told me a little bit off the air about the project that you've been working on, and it sounds like it's been quite the success. Speaking of success, it depends on who you talk to about the new Star Wars Disney show, Obi-Wan Kenobi, featuring the returning Ewan McGregor as the title character, Obi-Wan Kenobi. We've got episodes one through four out, and it has been, in my mind mostly a success. There's a couple of preferences that I'll discuss with you as we go through the discussion, Mark, but I think Ewan has played this part to perfection. He's really captured the essence of what it's like for the Jedi Knight to become this almost desert hermit that we know from Star Wars Episode Four. You see the transition. He's kind of forgotten the ways of the Force for obvious reasons, and now he's got to plug back into it I've enjoyed the ride so far. That's what I'll say at the beginning. What are your thoughts? Well, you have to look at it in perspective because, like, kids today don't know how good they have got television. I mean, can you imagine us as kids in the early 80s uh, having a TV which was of this caliber? Because we've got to remember, everyone compares it to the movies, and I think they compare it rather harshly because we have to remember this is TV. This is... A television series. And so for a television series, I think it's done a phenomenal job. So uh, I'm completely on board with you. I'm loving it. I mean, who can get enough of Darth Vader? <laughs> I am, I'm very happy. I'm happy for everything they, they've been giving us because you have to remember it's TV. And, and uh, man, the kids today don't know how. I would have lost my mind as a kid if I had this as TV. I would have lost my... This would have been the show I've talked about growing up if this was something I was watching as a kid. I I just can't imagine. I I would... I don't realize how good they've got it. I really am envious in some ways, but uh, I I just really like that, you know, it is a TV series, and it plays out as a TV series, which is different to the pacing of a movie. You know, it's a much shorter time frame. You've got 14 minutes to make a little mini story happen to carry us along, you know? So um, it's a challenge. And, and, and for the, uh, what they've given us, you know, 
I, I couldn't have dreamt of having this kind of uh, TV to watch every Wednesday. I've loved having Hayden Christensen and James Earl Jones. Yes, he does reprise his role as the voice of Darth Vader back. It has been something just of magic to watch this on the small screen. And Vader's a lot different. He's a lot more aggressive in this than in the other things we've seen him in, in Rogue One, in the regular Star Wars movies that we've seen so far. And I am enjoying this. I loved episode three. I love how Obi is having to find his way back and... Young Leia is adorable. They chose the right kid for, for, for that particular role. And I really hope, the one thing I'm hoping for, Mark, is they keep dropping hints. Obi-Wan's reaching out to Qui-Gon. He's trying to connect with him yeah. into the netherworld. And you know what? If Liam Neeson appears, I'm going to be a very happy man. I, I have a, I'm, I'm thinking this might happen very soon, actually. You know, because I think, I think we're going to see some Liam. And like I said, it's like, Kids today. I mean, I, this is a great TV series, and even with some of the disappointments that came along with Book of Boba Fett, uh, they still, for the you know, as a kid, if you had that in you know nineteen eighty four for me, it would have been. You know, uh, I would have I would have just been like the happiest Star Wars fan, and I wouldn't have seen I would have seen them as a continuation of as as a whole instead of like trying to separate them or um, you know holes in one over the other kind of thing. Um, I think, I, I think uh, you know, I can't wait for where it's going. You can't get enough stuff. I can't get enough of the Imperial architecture just everywhere. And Stormtroopers, classic Stormtroopers, you know I love those guys. So, um, yeah. But I didn't think we'd see the Snowspeeders again. I, that's one of my favorite ships from the original trilogy. That was neat to see back in action. Yeah, and I didn't realize they could hover. I was quite surprised that they hovered. Yeah, it, it caught me by surprise, but I loved that part. I believe it was the last episode. Uh, so to see them back on the big screen again, or the small screen, rather, it was a treat. Yeah, and the sound effects that come along with them, you know. everyone They, they really do the homework. You know, they even picked the, the, the young Carrie Fisher had a bird named Lola. And so they've given her a little bird-like droid named Lola uh, in the, in the car. They really do their homework. It's really cool. I'll ask you here about your favorite moment, and then also I'm going to make a quick comment, and then after you tell us your favorite moment, you can give me, give me your thought on that. But the only complaint that I have thus far with the show is the fact that, and maybe they're going for a different mood, and I get that, but I think it is a missed opportunity, Mark, the fact that they don't use some of the classic Star Wars themes in the show, the Force theme, the Imperial March for when Darth Vader's on the screen. Again, maybe they're going for a different mood, a different atmosphere. I think it's a missed opportunity that a lot of fans are wishing was in it. So give us your favorite moment of the show thus far, and then what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't know. I think that my favorite moment on the show so far was them just uh, going inside the uh, Inquisitor's Tower. I mean, like, like I said, I'm just a sucker for any kind of like, you know, uh, Death Star-like corridors and Imperial Stormtroopers. So every shot was delight, especially it all being underwater as well. I kind of like that that moment in the uh, the series so far. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good one, and it was definitely it's such an expansive environment. And I'm, you know, wondering what is everything that's inside that. I mean, they they can do so much with the last two episodes here. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 is it going to be just two episodes? Is it? 
They're going, they've said there's supposed to be six episodes, and then Ewan McGregor at the Star Wars celebration uh, dropped a bit of a confusing uh, piece of dialogue where he says, you know, I hope you enjoy episodes four, five, and six. I believe the first three were already out at that point, and seven, and eight, and nine, and ten. So whether there's more episodes that they're holding on to that they're going to surprise people with, or maybe there's a season two, it remains to be seen. Yeah, I think that was a big hint about season two. <laughs> so, but I what are your thoughts big... on the music? I'm I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we said, but I I realize that you know they want to make a, a, a difference in the feel because it is TV, and I I I would I would never complain about having the Imperial March in any of the scenes, and or like scene when you saw Luke or Leia's scene, you know I uh, oh you know it, it's like. So maybe they're saving it for the last couple of episodes, but if they don't use it, again, I don't take it away from the show. It's just personal preference. I just think it would connect to the rest of the Star Wars universe. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, they could if they wanted to, or you know, at least bring those melodies in a bit more. But, you know, yeah, I, I, I didn't make it. <laughs> if I had my say, I would say, you know, use some. You know, I'd love to see. Yeah, those old uh, classics that are kind of like brain tattoos for the true fans, you know. I agree. Noah here and across the county, we're with Mark Anthony Austin right here on the show. Go to markanthonyaustin.com. He works in the industry. He works on films and things that you're going to see on the streaming platforms. He knows what he's talking about, so it's always good to get his perspective. And now a quick word from Matt Mungle, because we're going to be talking about something that's really top notch, or should I say top gun. This is Matt Mungle from The Entertainment Answer. Check us out online at TheEntertainmentAnswer.com. Also on Twitter at TheMungle or Instagram at Mungle Show. Very seldom do we get a near-perfect film that reminds us of why we go to the cinema in the first place. This year, man, we got Top Gun Maverick. I went into it for the nostalgia aspect. We had recently watched the first film. It brought back all those 80s feels. So I went into this one just wanting something fun, but I was blown away at the extremes they went to to not only give us the nostalgia of the characters, the feel of the original, but also just an amazing, uplifting story full of action, emotion, everything that you could want on the big screen. It literally was perfect. I have talked to a few critic friends of mine, and we try to nitpick it. We try to find something wrong with it, and it is almost impossible to find anything wrong with Top Gun Maverick. Again, it is that film you have to see on the big screen. Often I'll say, hey, wait for it to stream. Not with this one. If you only see one film this summer, even with all the other cool stuff coming out, make sure it's Top Gun Maverick. For all time always, I'm Matt Mungle. Good having Matt on the show, even if it's just in recorded form. I had to get his take, uh, Mark, on Top Gun Maverick. I know you haven't seen it, so we're not going to get into spoilers. But man, this was not just the movie of the year, but for me, it was the movie of the last five years. It's already in my top movies of all time. The practical effects alone, the amazing cinematography, the plain camera shots, absolutely spectacular. And so the question I want to ask you before I get into a couple of more things here, how important are practical effects, Mark, when you film a movie? And is it refreshing to you to, I know you haven't seen the movie yet, but to see a film use this to really give it more of that real world feel? I I totally agree. I mean, if you are on a movie set that looks like, you know, Doc and Bay 94, you're going to, 
feel like you're in Docking Bay 94 immediately. You know, it's a bit different when you have a backdrop, which is a blue screen, and a floor, which is a blue screen, and you're the only thing that's of any other color, you know? So it's easier for actors to do better acting. They've got actually something to act against. They, you know, with these rear projections on a lot of the shot, you can, the actors can feel like they are in environment without having to leave the sound stage. So I think practical effects have rightly made it back. We tried the digital effects for a while and we kind of took it as far as we could. And we, you know, we found out that an overuse is a bad thing. So um, I am personally pleased because I'm not a big fan. I, I like to work with practically shot effects and then map that stuff out and use that. I much rather do that than work completely 100% digital. So. And besides that, I mean, this movie has great story. It doesn't shy away from the masculinity that is needed with the story and the characters. It does not take a backseat. It's a 30-year-plus well-written character arc for Maverick, played by, of course, Tom Cruise. Nostalgia is only thrown in when it's needed. Now, there is quite a bit of it, but the accompanying music with a great new score featuring, of course, Harold Faltermeyer and Hans Zimmer – and a true sense of patriotism. It's my favorite film, again, as I've said, easily this year and perhaps over the last five years. Great acting from Tom Cruise. And he's actually in the planes, Mark, which I think really adds a, an extra sense of realism. This was a dream come true for him to fly around in these F-18s and actually an F-14 as well. Yeah. I don't know. You've convinced me. You, you convinced me that I have to see this film now, so... Um, oh, trust I'm me, if you see this on the small screen, this is definitely uh, a miss out for you. You're going to be blown away at how you feel walking out of the... When I walked out of the movie, I was grinning ear to ear both times I've seen it. Yeah. Well, you know, I worked on Oblivion, and Tom Cruise was involved on that. And what we did is we made him a life-size bubble ship just so that he could feel like he was, you know... In, in one and flying one, you know, and it actually was up on a thing that kind of, you know, moved it around. So, uh, and that was the first use. If you remember Oblivion, uh, when they had the Sky Tower, that was the first use of the rear projection uh, screens, which are yeah, used, right. you know, in Obon Kenobi today. So that was the, fir the first kind of exploration of that. So, um, but just that, uh, you know, Tom Cruise wants that, you know, he wants that hands-on, uh, you know, it's a, it's a salute to him. You know, I had to do some scenes that he insisted doing, where he'd taken a tumble into camera, and he didn't want to have a, you know, a face double or something or some uh, face work. He wanted to do the tumble and the stunt and roll into camera. Um, so I, I was hoping to meet him on that show. That's the closest I've come to meet him. Tom is he was meant to come to the show and you know and see all the stuff we were working on. Um, yeah, that would have been quite the treat. He's supposed to be, everywhere I see, he's supposed to be the nicest guy. But he said, drive, not driving, but being in that F-14 was perhaps one of his dreams come true. And I absolutely love that. What I will say for you, Mark, having not seen the film, when you do go into the film and you see the scene where he's flying a plane called the Dark Star Concept Plane, which is kind of like the SR-72 that they've been working on, you're going to lose your mind. Great stuff. Okay. Okay, you convinced me. Yeah. Just a little push. You'll hear that line and think of me when you see the movie. Well, before we leave here and across the county, by the way, five stars for Top Gun Maverick. And hopefully I'll be talking with my friend 
Matt Mungle and perhaps Michael Medved for a spoiler review in the weeks to come. What's been going on at Netflix? You're working on a project. It's wrapping up. It's your biggest project I hear by far. Yeah, it's uh, well, my part of it's wrapping up. It's to the point where uh, Ruff Lau uh, gets in all the sequences uh, either, either boarded or partly boarded, partly 3D previews. So, uh, all of our 3D previews that we did, you know, which includes, you know, rough lighting, uh, the testing out of uh, all the concept work from our department, we're kind of like a hub. Uh, for feeding other uh, departments. We feed editorial, we give them a rough version of the sequence and they do all the fine-tuning there. But um, So my part is wrapping up. It's the point where we hand it off and it's in the hands of not just one, but three ILM studios. I believe it's uh, uh, Vancouver um, and Singapore and London. And they're all kind of taking different sequences and working on simultaneously. And when's it coming out? should be due out in 2023 because, you know, we just handed it off to Rough Lout. They, they have had a start. There's a couple of sequences that are done. But they've only got six months left of this year, so it will definitely be in 2023. And I don't think we've told, actually, the audience the name of the project. <laughs> no. Well, I, I don't even know the actual name. The working title that we're working on is Ultraman Made in Japan. I was going to say um, that, but I didn't remember if that had actually gotten an official title or not. But that's still the working title? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Because I remember when I worked on Out to the, uh, Back to the Outback, when I left the project, it was still called Underground Uglies. So, and I so see Back to the Outback comes out. Oh, oh that's the movie I worked on. <laughs> so... They even changed the movie literally, you know, uh, months before the release. So. And what's next for Mark Austin after you wrap up this Ultraman project? Anything on the horizon you can tell us about? Uh, well, next, I am definitely going on a much-needed vacation. So Yeah, I can't I mean, remember since I've known you, since you've taken a break. So I think this will be good for you. Yeah, so, you know, it's a high time I've visited England again, so... We're going to have a break, and uh, I'll look for something in September. So if anyone's out there, you know, hiring. <laughs> MarkAnthonyAustin.com, where you go, and you need to contact him. There you well, go. well, Mark, when you see Top Gun Maverick, I'm I, I got to get you back on the show, because especially being behind the scenes and making movies, I think you're really going to appreciate this movie, and I think you could bring some much-needed perspective to why this movie is so great. Okay. Uh, I, I told you, you've already twisted my arm, and I, I'm going to see this movie. So Excellent. Well, Mark, thanks for coming on, and Godspeed to you. We can't wait to hear more about what you're working on the next time we have you back on the show. We'll talk about Top Gun Maverick and so many other things. So I appreciate it, my friend. It's been a pleasure, and I'm going to leave with, this is the way. This is the way. And, you know, I know this is at the end of the segment, and I kind of did a horrible impersonation of... Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Can we get your best hello there? Hello there. Hey, that was very Alec Guinness-like. Sir Alec Guinness. Very nice. I, I do Alec Guinness. I wish, I wish you would push it a bit more Alec. A bit, bit more up-tempo, if you do say that all the time. Uh, let's say this in closing. Back to Star Wars here for just a second. How great is Ewan's performance, not just as Obi-Wan Kenobi as he was in the prequel trilogy, but now back a little bit closer to episode four, really seems like he's transforming into a bit of that desert hermit that we know and love from Sir Alec Guinness. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, like I said, like if uh, we'd only had this kind of TV when we were younger, I, I can't, I can't imagine. Uh, so I, I'm everything they give me. You know, they give me uh, Mos Eisley, or they give me uh, a Sandcrawler. Every shot, I'm appreciative of just new brain tattoos to absorb. You know, because we have our fixed our finite amount of do-back shots in our head. But if there's a new do-back shot, we can add it to our collection. And so as Star Wars kind of like fans, we subconsciously collect imagery. So it's well, feeding Thanks that. very much again, feeding my friend. Africa. I'm glad that you're appreciating everything that is in Obi-Wan Kenobi like me so far. I hear the criticism. I'm like, you guys have been a little bit too harsh. Again, this is a TV show, not yeah. on the big screen. So it's an amazing hopefully TV we'll show. get a lot of great stuff in the last two episodes. Mark, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, man. Bye. Noah here and across the county. Go to MarkAnthonyAustin.com. Rockstar Energy Punch, bringing a bold and unapologetic flavor packed with energy through a blend of B vitamins, guarana extract, and 240 milligrams of caffeine to fuel what's next. Rockstar Energy Drink.